Why are police photographing our license plate? What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance, the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Welcome to the Reasonable Voices talk radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando. My guest today is Anne DeMar. Anne, is that the correct pronunciation of your name, or am I too French? Actually, actually, it's Anne de Mare. Anne de Mare, okay. <laughs> Anne, Anne, welcome to the show. This is terrific. Thank um, you for having me. My pleasure. Anne de Mare was born on August 16th, 1967, in New York City, my favorite town. Uh, she's a playwright, <laughs> stage director, and filmmaker known for the home stretch in 2014. And get this, Asparagus. Stalking the American Life. I love that. 2008. And her theatrical works. Anne's films have shown at full-frame documentary film festival. Her original plays have been presented in Chicago, London, and New York. And her Capturing the Flag, which we're going to talk a lot about today, a documentary directed by Anne DeMere, is having its world premiere at the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival this month of April 2018. Anne, how are you? I'm doing very well. It's an exciting time right now. It's, so. Yes, it, it sounds like it would be. Um, so uh, let's start with what you were telling me. You, you, you called uh, in uh, having loaded up the car and you're heading toward where? Heading down to Durham, North Carolina for the Full Frame Documentary Film Festival. Um, we were really, really happy um, when we were accepted at Full Frame, not only because it's an amazing festival, but because it's in North Carolina. Yes. And our film was shot uh, primarily in North Carolina uh, before and during the 2016 presidential election. So it feels really appropriate to be starting the conversation about the film there. And I think also because the, uh, the film uh, Capturing the Flag does point out some blemishes in the voting process in North Carolina. I think that, too. I tip my hat to the state and to the festival for uh, inviting you. What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, we often say that, that Capturing the Flag is a, is a national story that plays out in North Carolina. Um, there are a lot of the issues and the emotions around voting rights that are happening all across the country. There's a long history about voting rights and the struggle for voting rights, but in the 
recent past, you can sort of roll things back to 2010. The 2010 midterm elections, a lot of local state houses were taken over um, in, a, in a big push for Republicans came into power. Um, and I'll just start this off by saying it's not simply Republicans that are, you know, partisan politics. The people in power get to make the election law in this country. And it's a really problematic thing. We see it in gerrymandering cases, we see it in election laws. But in 2010, states started passing more and more restrictive voting laws, sort of as a, as a pushback against the election of Barack Obama. And then in 2013, there was a landmark uh, Supreme Court decision in the case of Shelby County versus Holder, which eliminated the need for certain states that had a history of racial discrimination to get pre-clearance from the Justice Department before they changed their election laws. So in the past, if a state wanted to change their election laws and, you know, eliminate early voting or um, require a voter ID, certain states had to get those laws pre a pre-clearance from the Justice Department. And what Shelby versus Boulder did was it eliminated that need for pre-clearance. And so what happened in the state of North Carolina is right after that happened, they passed House Bill 589 which had a whole series of restrictions on voting. It eliminated same-day registration. It eliminated early, rolled back early voting. It, it, it required voters to have a voter ID. There was a whole series of restrictions that it put in place. It was dubbed a monster suppression bill uh, in the press. And eventually that law was overturned as being unconstitutional. But what happened was that you had a situation where that law was overturned just months before the presidential election. So it left the Board of Elections really scrambling in North Carolina to understand what was the law on that day. And so that was the landscape that we walked into when we went with these voter protection volunteers down to North Carolina. Excellent. Well, it's a challenge, that's for sure. I mean, I, I know it was. I mean, I know it from the work that I do uh, uh, politically as well, but also from your great documentary, Capturing the Flag. And I guess we should say, uh, Capturing the Flag tells the story of uh, Election Day 2016, but from a deeply personal perspective of a diverse team of volunteer uh, voter protection workers. Now, voter protection workers is something... Uh, relatively new to our vocabulary, but necessary, I guess, because they represent the final line of protection for each American citizen to enjoy and exercise the, um, the privilege of voting. So, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting story because the, the people we followed were three lawyers and one writer who went down to do this work, and two of those people had done this work before. And one of those was a woman named Laverne Berry, who is an entertainment lawyer here in New York, who I knew from my other work professionally. And the story, it's kind of an interesting story, and I believe that you're going to be interviewing our producer, Elizabeth Hillendinger. Yes. And it was really her idea. I, she will tell the story better than I will. But we discovered that Laverne volunteered her time in this way during elections, and we thought that we would make a short film. We thought we'd go down and make a 10 or 15-minute piece about civic engagement and how to participate in democracy. Mm. Um, we never intended to make a feature film. But what happened was that the experiences that we saw and the political landscape both during and after the election made us understand that we really had a much deeper, more complicated film than we thought. Yes. Um, we expected to see some um, voter suppression. We didn't really expect to to find ourselves in the middle of such a complicated landscape. I mean, one of the big things that I discovered 
that I realized, I didn't discover it, a lot of people know about it, but that I learned in making the film is that voter suppression today looks and feels really, really different than it did in the 1950s and 60s during the civil rights movement. You know, we have a, um, we all, or people of a generation at least, we have images in our heads of really sort of outrageous forms of voter suppression. You know, we've seen the footage of the dogs and the people with their, you know, arms on the guns. And this is something very different what happens right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very insidious. It has to do a lot with misdirection, with a sense of misinformation, um, carelessness with people's registrations, and then a complicated legal environment where it becomes very difficult for people to really understand what the law is. One of the things that I didn't really understand before starting this project was how different the election laws are state to state. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's an extremely different situation voting in New York than it is in voting in some other states. And New York, we actually incidentally have some really backwards election laws. Um, we have no early voting. We have one day to vote in the state. We have no same-day registration. You have to register to vote far in advance of the election. Yes. Um, and we don't have a lot of good education about what those procedures are. The information is not out there for people to understand how to do it. Um, so, you know, I think that that was a big lesson for me was was really understanding, well, we have, we have sort of this vast array of, of challenges and problems to our election system, and there isn't any cohesive approach because mm-hmm. the laws are so different state to state. Yes. So, yeah, you know, it was a very interesting process to learn all of that for me. You know, I, I I know from time to time people uh, speak of, including myself, that uh, wouldn't it be great if the there was a federal law was in charge of voting, and of course the federal government gets, and the Supreme Court, obviously, as we know, gets to have an impact on elections and how we vote. But the the fact that states have held on from the beginning to the right to control their uh, elections and and voter registrations and and how people and where people and when people can vote, it does seem a little disjunct. I want to ask you, what do you, do you have, have you formed an opinion? Say, I'm sure lots of things have affected you in making the uh, documentary Capturing the Flag, but how does looking at, uh, I mean, I too have the advantage of knowing New York uh, state laws, voting laws, and uh, Commonwealth of Virginia, and they too are very different. But I have been registered at different times in my life in each state. What do you, have you formed any opinion about the structure? I mean, we know about red mapping, uh, you know, and and how uh, that has been used in gerrymandering, and both parties do gerrymander. Parties, but yeah. yeah, let me tell me what you think. Well, I I really, as a, just my own personal view, is I think that our elections are way too complex, and the fact that the party in power in each state government gets to make the election law and draw the map. I think is absurd. Yes. Um, because it stacks the deck in favor of the party in power, and it it also then what you end up doing is so much of the effort, the legislative effort of the parties becomes about how do they hang on to that power, mm-hmm. and it doesn't become about about actually governing and helping people live reasonable lives in their in their communities and 
So I think that it's a big problem. I think a lot, I think there's a lot of frustration with government that so much of what it does seems to be perpetuating its own partisan struggle. Yes. Um, rather than dealing with the needs of, of the people. And so personally, I feel like it would make a lot more sense if we had really simple, basic laws to govern voting, especially the federal elections, but to govern voting in general, and we just sort of got over it. Um, <laughs> but we seem to be engaged in this struggle. And it's interesting because a couple of people have seen the films who live outside of the United States, and they're sort of blown away because they say, you know, we don't have... You know, these issues we don't have where we live. We don't have these issues. And so it, it, it's very sad to me that America, that the United States of America, which is sort of, you know, has been held up in a lot of ways as the model for democracy, has such challenges with its voting process. Um, you know, and it's not just in the laws. I mean, you know, a huge portion of voting machines are out of warranty in this country that are being used. Yes. We don't put money towards the running of elections. We don't train our election workers well. And it's not that, it's not that we don't have well-meaning people. It's that we, the government doesn't. We don't have the resources. We don't fund the process. Yes, that's um, it. And when you don't take care of the process, you don't take care of, you know, ultimately, you see a disintegration. One of my favorite stories that I've heard that was related to me since making this film was actually a story about India. A story about the fact that in India, they value every single vote so much that there's this one person, this holy person who lives up in the mountains. And if they send someone, it takes them seven days to get there. They send someone with a voting booth to go set up a voting booth seven days into the mountains so that this one person can get to vote. Because wow. to them, it's the vote is so important and sacred. And I just feel like we, you know, the, the narrative here in this country is very, very different. You hear constantly about how your vote doesn't matter anyway. With the Electoral College, if your state is a blue state or a red state, that's just the way it's going to go. People don't get involved in local elections very much. And you have this sort of diminishment of the role of the citizen that's become a part of our public thought. On, on democracy, and I I find it really sad and very challenging, and I think if I had any goals for what the film could inspire, yes, a huge part of it is that we have to we have to reform our election laws. We have to make sure that everyone can vote. We have to make sure that there aren't barriers put in front of people, especially people who are, you know, traditionally disenfranchised, people who have less time and less resources, we have to make sure everyone can vote. But the, the flip side of that is, I would love it if the film inspired people to be more engaged in the process themselves. Yes. You know, there is a, there is a participatory imperative to the idea of democracy. You know, this is not supposed to be a top-down system. And the way, if you listen to the political discourse leading up to the 2016 election, it was entirely top-down coverage. There was, you know, it was this obsession with leadership at the top. And it, it was a lot of noise that didn't really talk about what is it like to be a human being, to be a citizen in this country right now? What are, what are the struggles that we're facing and how can we be involved? And I wanted to tell a different kind of story and one that was more focused on, on the bottom-up, <laughs> the bottom-up nature of democracy because our entire political lives begin at the poll. They yes. really do. Yes. A lot happens, but they, it does begin at the poll.
soul. And if we don't take care of that, and if we don't participate at that level, everything else, you know, everything else becomes out of our control. Yes. And I hope I, that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it reminds me of one of the things that the gentleman said in your documentary, Capturing the Flag, was that if you take away, you diminish in any way a person's voting rights, you've diminished everything else. Because yeah. without that power in our hands to make those decisions, then all the other decisions are compromised. What do you think? Is that what you were saying? Absolutely. 100%. And... You know, I think that we need to, we need as a country to remember what the, the founding principle is in terms of a government by the people, for the people. And I think that there's frustration in, on, you know, I don't think that that is a, is a partisan issue. You know, everything gets framed in a partisan way now. We're yes. so at war with each other. Um, and ideologies are so separate. But ultimately, I think there's a lot of things that we actually all agree on. And I think one of those is we have to get back to a feeling of, of government by the people, for the people. Yes. So there's this feeling that things are out of our control and that the, that the, that the struggle is happening so far above our heads so without our, our participation that people are really angry and frustrated. And I think we have to get back to participating. And the wonderful thing, the thing that's so interesting about Election Day to me and that surprises me always when I vote, but particularly surprised me this last election, is that there is an optimism on Election Day. Yes. You know, you see people making that effort. People bring their children with them to vote. People are proud to vote. They want to vote. They wait in line and they don't complain about it. Mm. And it, it goes very under underreported and under-focused on. But there is, there is this joy in it and the sense of optimism that we are deciding our own future and even if we might not like the options in front of us, that we're going to have a voice. And there is a value to that and I think that democracy only works when everybody participates in it. You know, it only works if we bring ourselves to the table and we need to do that more and more and I hope that the film can inspire people to remember that they have that power. Absolutely. And as I always say, you know, and I know that what you documented in Capturing the Flag were volunteers who were answering questions from anyone who was voting for anyone. It, it's, yeah. it, it's, and that was the beauty of it, because I always say that the only failure in the system is it comes with the Americans who who for whatever reason feel their vote isn't important and they don't vote that that's that's yeah. where the loss comes because that voice is lost that that uh, that opinion that choice it's just uh, yeah. that's the sad part but I was so impressed with uh, your documentary capturing the flag uh, following the these volunteers around uh, and uh, as you said, there were th three attorneys and one writer. That's an interesting choice. I understand the attorneys. Why? Wh why was the writer chosen? Anything in particular? A um, sequel? Well, you know, the I didn't choose the writer. The writer chose herself. Okay. Basically, I was following Laverne Berry and Steve Miller on this work in the past two presidential elections, and they were going to go do it again this year. And that was the inspiration. And they invited a friend of theirs to go with them, another attorney named Claire Wright. And Claire's story was interesting because she was, this was her first election as a U.S. citizen. 
She's an immigrant from South Africa. She and her husband and her son had lived here for almost 18 years, but she had just gotten her citizenship earlier in the fall. And so this was her very first U.S. election. She had been involved in South Africa as a student in the anti-apartheid movement there, so she came to the work very honestly. She had a real interest in democracy. And so I was following the three of them, and it was their decision to go to North Carolina, not mine. Mm -hmm. As a filmmaker, you know, you have to tell the story that opens up to you. Yes. But the fourth person in our film, it was interesting, was a woman named Trista Delamere Mitchell. And Trista was a friend of Steve who had been reading his emails. He had been sending emails out about the work that they were planning on doing to kind of friends and family, and she had been trying to figure out what to do in this election to participate. I think a lot of people in this election felt like they really wanted to get involved. Um, and when she got the email from Steve saying we're going to North Carolina, she just dropped everything and bought a plane ticket and came down and joined them. Wow. So she was a surprise, yeah. Um, <laughs> All and, right, uh, but, let me interrupt you, uh, and we're going yeah. to have to take a break. We'll be right back. We're talking with the director of the documentary, Capturing the Flag, which has its world premiere April 2018. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. And now enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House from Is Anybody Listening? Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk Radio Show. My guest today is the director of the documentary Capturing the Flag, Anne DeMare. And as we speak, Anne DeMare is on her way to North Carolina, Durham, North Carolina, uh, where her documentary Capturing the Flag will make its world premiere at full frame April 5th through April 8th. You will actually be premiere on the 8th of April, you say? That's correct, yes. Excellent. Well, tell us a little, I know I cut in on your story, so before we forget that, go back to how, because I love the fact that here uh, there's an immigrant that is in America 
who is uh, involved in her first election, dropped everything, hopped in the car to join the cast, if you will, the volunteers uh, of Andamere's documentary. Tell us about her and, and how you met and how that went. That's so vitally important, and you really take the camera inside this experience because, yeah. uh, and also there was the extra challenge there. I suggest that that, uh, but you certainly met. But you, uh, the the different volunteers were at different poll stations. Yes, I mean they were. Yeah, no, they were, and it, it's interesting. I think I said in the previous segment, you know, we didn't intend on making a feature film when we went down to North Carolina. You know, we learned that Laverne, who was the lawyer of one of my producers, who was her entertainment lawyer, we learned that she did this work. And we decided, you know, wouldn't it be really nice to go down there with the camera, to follow them around, and to make a short film, a 15 minute film, just about sort of civic engagement and participation in democracy. Mm-hmm. This, is how, this is how you can be a citizen today. And so we only brought one camera crew down with us. And then we had, you know, four different people. We thought we were going to have three. We ended up having four at four very different stations all around this area and around Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so I said to my crew in the morning, you know, it's 4.30 in the morning and we're packing up and we have all the sort of excitement and the nervousness. But, you know, I was like, you know, we're going to miss things. Mm. We're not going to capture everything. And we really need to just take a step back and and tell the story that opens in front of the camera, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you know. And I was never looking for that sort of moment on the evening news. I was never looking for the simple, you know, here is voter suppression moment. What I really wanted was to explore that dynamic around people helping other people participate. Yes. And I knew that there would be problems because there are always problems. Um, but what I really wanted was to be in that space in as pure a way as we could and to be reminded that, you know, it's democracy at the end of the day is us. It's not someone else. Yes. Um, and, and it happens, we all need to help each other out in this process and make it easy for each other to give our voices. And we need to protect people whose voices are being silenced. And sometimes we need to, you know, tell people whose voices are too loud to sort of make room for somebody else. Yes. Um, 
and I think that that's part of what the conversation is. And the real work of democracy is in doing that. And I think one of the problems is that it isn't as sexy and it isn't as exciting and it isn't as controversial as a lot of other things, but it's essential. Yes. The work is really essential. And there are phenomenal organizations that do this work all around the country. Some of the best organizations are actually in the state of North Carolina. Mm. Um, Democracy North Carolina is a grassroots organization that does some of the most amazing, inclusive work around voting issues anywhere. And they came as, you know, they're a response to the fact that a lot of the legislation, the election legislation in North Carolina is so controversial, that it's been drawn along such party lines. Um, And then it has a history of discrimination, particularly against African Americans. And I think that, but the work that they do and the organizing power that they have is awesome to behold. And even, you know, there there were so many issues in terms of the laws changing in North Carolina. And sometimes, you know, just, just getting the right information out to the voters and to the poll workers was really difficult with so many changes. But the truth of the matter is the boards of election in North Carolina are doing a really kind of remarkable job given all the challenges in front of them. Mm. So it isn't that, you know, nobody cares and it, the whole thing is dead and, you know, we're in a horrible situation. It's really that that there are people doing incredible work, but we need to support them, and we all need to participate. Yes. You know, you know I have never gone to a board of election meeting in, in New York. I've never done it. I should mm-hmm. do it. Mm. I think we should all do it every now and then. Understand what's going on. Make sure that people understand that someone is watching and that yes. people care. Yes. Um, you know, and it's, it's, like I said, it's not exciting. It's not, it is your civic duty. It's not, it's not the most, um, you know, it's not the sexiest work you do, but it's incredibly necessary. And you also get to meet and understand your fellow citizens, and you have to, you have to understand what the process really is. And I think that makes living in this world a better place. It does. So. And there, you know, there are conventions already going on and caucuses being held, uh, depending on how your state um, runs their electoral system. Uh, so there's plenty of opportunity to do what Anne DeMeyer is saying and what you will see in her documentary, Capturing the Flag. Uh, and going back to one of the things you'll, you'll see a great deal of is uh, not only the, the principles who are helping the principal voters, but how people, as as Anne was pointing out, how, well, I'll use this example. I lived in, in New York for 25 years, and um, people were always saying how unfriendly New Yorkers were. And I beg to differ, because I was hardly the only person who stopped just, not because we're not, you didn't have to be asked. You see someone walking around with a street map trying to figure out what, where to go in New York City, and New Yorkers walk over and say, may I help you? I did it. I saw many others do it. And yet, when we are voting, so people are not as forthcoming always to, to step up to someone, maybe an elderly person, maybe a person who needs a ride to the polls, whatever, and say, can I help you help you with what you're trying to do? What do you think, Anne? No, I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, we... We've allowed our our discussion and our conversations around politics to become really divided, mm. and it allows us to feel. What it does is it makes us all feel more alone, and it makes us feel like there's uh, all of this enmity around us, and that's been carefully planned. Mm-hmm. You know, 
as citizens, I do not, I do not believe that we have, that our opinions and our beliefs about what we need to do and what makes a reasonable life are all that different. You know, I, I think that if you start to have conversations with people, let me go back to something that happens in the film. You know, uh, one of the characters, Steve Miller, is assigned to a polling station. And the, but in the morning, he introduces himself to the poll judge at his station. And there's not, there's a lot of weariness around that relationship. Yes. Um, you know, on both sides, there's a sense of, you know, there's a sense of um, uh, distrust. Yes. Um, but... Over the course of the day, what you realize is that both of them are just really wanting to make sure that everyone gets to vote. They're not working across purposes. They're actually working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wish that our, our elected officials, I wish that there was a, more of an ability for them and their process to step back and really talk about the things that they agree on mm-hmm. as opposed to the things that they disagree on. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when you can understand where you're coming to the table from the same perspective, that's when really exciting stuff can happen. Exactly. You know, that's when change can happen, is when you realize that you and this person that you never thought you had anything in common with actually want the same thing. Yes. Um, and, you know, and basically we all do want the same thing. We want there to be opportunity for our children. We want decent education. We want... Uh, we want an economy where people can be self can make their own life and have opportunities. And can I, I? I just feel like we've really not been paying attention to how central voting is mm-hmm. to what happens in this country. And you know, the people who are in power don't want more people to vote. Mm-hmm. They want the voters they have. They know how they know how to manipulate them. They know how they're going to vote. They don't want voters that they don't have, you know. Um, they're not interested in more and more people voting. We have to push back. We have to insist that people's voices get heard. And that's what we can do on our level. I mean, we cannot, we can't fix, you know, the big problems of the world. You know, there's no big idea that fixes the big problems in the world. But there's a lot of little things that can mm-hmm. fix the world. And uh, that's just my personal philosophy, is to take those on. Exactly. And, you know, a film is a great way of, uh, of making that happen, if that happens to be your particular talent. But again, as I was saying, I, I've registered many voters for a number of years for elections, but there are people who drive people to the polls. Uh, uh, there are a number of ways uh, of volunteering to be uh, to work at the polls on Election Day. There are just a number Absolutely. of ways we can we can help this, but I think it is, as you say, the core is to get back to realizing we really are in this all, all together. All of us are. And we, we're all trying to achieve the same goals. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is not just a catchy phrase. Uh, no. uh, you, know, you know, I mean, the Founding Fathers had something there. And I think most of us interpret that as trying to do the best they can to leave a better world for their family, friends, but for everybody. We're all working for yeah. a better future. What What do you think? Yeah. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it any better. We are all working for a better future. Yes. And, and in order for one of us to have a better future, the other one doesn't have to have a worse future. Exactly. You know, we, can all rise, we can all rise together here. <laughs> you, um, you know, I, I have a friend, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he's... Uh, 
he's quite a uh, he has defended our country in many ways let's put it that way uh some we will never hear about but i know about them and uh and others in other ways we will he he's been a capital policeman for instance that and all that uh but he said the other day uh, to me and a group of people that um, the problem is everybody wants everything uh now this is a this is a man who i taught to say mommy when he was an uh, infant yeah and i uh, you know and i've i've watched him grow up and he's an amazing amazing human being but i said and i'm glad you you mentioned this i said and i believe firmly there is no such thing if everybody gets what they want out of life somebody has to lose something to compensate for that life isn't like that life is full of abundance of every kind and the more we help others get what they want the more we get with what we want that's what i think i mean it's, it seems to work that way okay i guess but you know i i can't say we're getting off the subject from capturing the flag and from uh, accepting the responsibilities that go with the privilege of voting because again when it comes to voting it really is very basic and when it comes to helping people to vote and have a voice we we are really dealing with the very uh, foundation of our democracy uh and that's absolutely. what's in the balance here yes Anne? absolutely yeah. absolutely it's absolutely crucial and it's critical you know we used to have a lot more civics education in high school yes people really understood i don't think you know it's not common knowledge anymore mm. how the how the u.s government works yes and I think that these are things that are really, if we don't have a healthy population, an, an emotionally and intellectually healthy population voting, who understand how the government works, we have a flawed system, yes. you know? And, and I think that, you know, the more involved we can all get in promoting the idea of voting, in celebrating the right of voting, in, in insisting that people have the ability to vote when they have the right to vote, all these things are just so imperative to a healthy, a healthy society. And, yes. uh, and I think that, you know, the lesson to me of working on this film, and to be honest, I'm a little worried now that the film is finished, and this wonderful receptacle for all of my political frustrations <laughs> to work on this film. And I'm a little worried what's going to happen now that the film is finished. Um, just for myself, I need to, I need to participate. Mm. I need to get out there and I need to participate in my local politics, in my elections in a different way. And I, yes. I, you know, I've made a promise to myself that that's part of my future from now on. It's not just this night, not just in the 2018 midterms, but from now on. And the inspiring thing is I have a lot of friends who have felt the same way. I have friends who now go and are poll workers now after this last election. Yes. Um, you know, I have friends who are getting involved in grassroots political organizations for the first time after this last election. Because I think, you know, no matter what your political beliefs are, I don't think you could have gone through the 2016 election and felt like everything was okay yeah. with the way we run this country and the way we make these decisions. I don't care who you wanted who you wanted to win and who won. We, that, that election was so disheartening. It was so negative. The campaigns were so brutal and the media coverage was so it was like being whiplash every yes. day, you know, and we have to come back to a place of stability and we have to come back to a place where we feel like we're making decisions in a reasonable fashion with each other. Um, and so hopefully people can take it up and that it doesn't feel like a chore, but it's just part of life. Yes. You know, it's uh, part of life that you have to take care of this if you want to have a reasonable society. So, 
And I and I want to throw in that I think also while I'm very much aware that money and power have certainly infringed upon our uh, privilege to vote and our decision making. It's a shame that you know somebody on social media can change your vote, but but, uh, but I won't go there. We don't have time. But I would yeah. like to say if you look at the special elections since the 2016 national elections, you will realize that the people still, still can outvote money and power. They still are the ultimate deciders. And I love that. And our system still has that. It just would work better, as you say, with a little civility and unity and searching for common ground. About the, those special elections, just to emphasize how important it is, is that you know in the recent election in Virginia and more recently in Pennsylvania, those elections came down to recounts. But literally, in, I think in, in Virginia, it was one vote. Yes, yes, one vote. Mm-hmm. When people say my vote doesn't matter, you know, talking about elections being decided by such small margins that everyone's vote really does count. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people. You know, the apathy, there was so much apathy in 2016. People didn't want to vote for either candidate, and they didn't come out to the polls. Mm-hmm. And it matters so much, yes. you know. So I really, you know, I hope that we keep the energy connected to these issues. Exactly. Well, we're going to have to go soon. We should mention the website for the uh, uh, the documentary Capturing the Flag, which will have its world premiere at full frame on April 8th, 2018. That's this month. www.capturing, C-A-P-T-U-R-I-N-G, the flag, capturingtheflag.com. Any parting words for us? What do you want us to take away from your documentary? Well, I hope that, you know, people can see through the film that voting is, uh, it's deeply personal to people. And it's not just, the difference that it makes in the world, but it's also taking that responsibility and taking that power into your own life and participating with your fellow citizens in these decisions. I hope that people will get out to the polls and vote, and I hope that they'll encourage everyone I know to vote, and I hope they'll get involved on a local level, because this is all world. We make it every day. Exactly. And, you know, one of the messages from that I certainly take away from your documentary, Capturing the Flag, was what's in your hand? Get involved. What's in your hand? I'm not even going to let you tell them about that. They're going to have to see the documentary to find out the significance of what's in your hand. Well, oh, thank you. yes, it, it, it was a marvelous experience being able to see it even before its world premiere because you allowed me to do that so I could prepare for this interview. And I have to tell you, it it is an amazing documentary, Capturing the Flag. It's something every American should see, uh, regardless of age. And as you m- pointed out, one of the beautiful things that is seen in the, in the documentary are parents bringing their children to the polls so that they can yeah. see what this privilege is, because not every country has it, even in 2018. And I got to let you have the last word. What do you want to tell me? I wanted. I, I just want to tell you, get out there and vote. Just get out there and vote. Let your voice be heard, and make sure the people around you get to have their voice heard. Thank you so much. It's just been a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely, and it's mutual. And the mayor. We wish you and your documentary Capturing the Flag and the voting public in the United States of America all the very best 
and all the good that there is to have and enjoy and share. Thank you so much, Anne DeMeer. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye-bye. And now please enjoy This Land is Your Land, sung by Sharon Jones from the motion picture Up in the Air. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California, well, to the New York Island. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. I tell you. made for you and me
Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.